now, time for Seafood News. Hi, I'm Seafood News Managing Editor Amanda Buckle. And I'm Lauren Casiglione, Seafood Market Reporter at Erna Berry. And we are live at Boston, baby. And the crowd goes wild. So, crowd is wild in the background. <laughs> it is day one of the show, Sunday. Energy uh, is high. Exactly. We're only an hour in, and so we're excited to have Sylvia Wolf, CEO of Aqua Bounty, on with us. Um, and hopefully, we'll have more interviews coming to you from Boston as well. But let's jump right into it. Sylvia, thanks for joining us on the Seafood News Podcast. We just did our intro. We're excited to be at Boston. You've got to be excited for Boston too. We're only an hour into it, but what's the feeling like being back? I think everyone is so excited to be back together. This is an industry that's very interconnected. A lot of colleagues, um, you know, everybody wants to be supportive of the industry. We want to see more seafood consumption. And I think shows like this just really show how much people are committed to the industry. Yeah. And, and were you here last year? Yes. Is it, do you think it's like a return to normal or? You know, I was having a conversation earlier that this looks like 2019. Yeah. It looks and feels more like 2019. And I think that, you know, the, the show is back and I think people are very um, happy to be back and talking to one another and seeing what's going on in the industry. Yeah, there's been a, a lot of movement. It's so we we did a quick tour of the floor and uh, there's definitely there's a, a lot. Of, yeah, a lot of excitement. Yeah. yeah. So um, I know the Pioneer Ohio facility seems to be really progressing. Um, I know you had a temporarily pause to investigate some cost increases. Has that impacted your um, your finalization timeline? It's extended it a little bit. Uh-huh. You know, with with the supply chain challenges and inflation, we just pumped the brakes. We didn't stop construction, but we wanted to pump the brakes a little bit to make sure that we weren't building at the peak of you know the cost cycle. Right. However, we've made a lot of progress on what we're calling phase one, which is, you know, your incubation, nursery, early rearing. And so that's going very, very well. We've now signed the design agreement um, with our firm that's going to complete the design of the farm. We're working very closely with Inovacy on, you know, the things that we're learning in Indiana and how that translates to improvements in Ohio. So we feel pretty good about where we are. It's it's definitely going to cost more than we originally anticipated, and it'll probably As take all a little good projects bit. Projects do. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Um, last year, Aqua Bounty began uh, converting the grow up facility on Prince Edward Island to exclusively focus on egg production. Can you give us a little more into uh, insight into that decision and how that's going so far? Aqua Bounty has two core competencies and they really are synergistic. And those competency are, we know how to operate a land-based RAS facility. So the biology and the chemistry and how those two things interplay. But the other aspect of what we do is our focus on R&D and our scientific approach. And so our R&D facility is on Prince Edward Island. And what and that includes breeding and genetics, health and nutrition, and then a focus on things like gene editing, right? Building that skill set. So we decided, given the fact that there are a number of companies that are looking for non-transgenic eggs, and with our selective breeding program, so non-GE fish, we believe that there's a demand for that and thought, well, we need our own, we we fertilize with our um, Aqua Advantage salmon, but there are green eggs that um, can be used for non-transgenic. And so we've converted our 250 metric ton facility to broodstock, and we're building a second building um, on the site as well. Okay. 
that's that's huge. It's so fascinating, just like hearing you speak about it and just the enthusiasm and just the the science behind it all. It's really impressive. Yeah, I, you know, again, we're a vertically integrated company. Our you know our our start really was thinking about um, how do you improve salmon? How do you protect them in their early stages? And we used genetic engineering 30 years ago. There's a number of new tools that we can apply because that's a basic skill set of ours. And we think that benefits the industry at large as well as Aqua Bounty. Yeah, right. And it's really fascinating how, how everything has evolved. I mean, at the beginning, because I mean, you probably didn't anticipate uh, these eggs for other companies, right? That's something that just right came out and Kind of just you know, we were opportunistic. We'd get inquiries, and now we're becoming much more deliberate about having conversations with some of the players in Canada. Because you know, having a pathogen-free facility and a North American strain is really important to a lot of those companies. Having a second source of supply, given some of the challenges that you know others are facing, you know, it, it is this is an industry that always runs a risk of disease, right? And so having the ability to provide eggs um, just gives a, you know, there's, it just broadens your protection if you're raising salmon. Yeah. GE Salmon, it was back in the spotlight late last year when the FDA ordered the additional environmental assessment. Um, to me, that was kind of silly. I mean, right, because it's... So the genesis of that was um, litigation that challenged the FDA's right or authority to approve GE animals or GE salmon. The court ruled that they definitely have the authority, but another component of that litigation was um, that there wasn't a thorough environmental assessment. Um, you know, FDA definitely did a thorough environmental assessment, but this gave them an opportunity to go back and refine that and bring the latest data into um, that environmental assessment. And so that's what they did. And I think that they've done an excellent job. They did, you know, they had a public hearing, they've asked for comments. Um, and so I think that we certainly feel like they're doing their job in terms of a regulatory um, review. And, you know, it's important to us. The environmental aspect of what we do is as critical as the salmon that we provide. We want to make sure that we're having a, a, a positive impact on the environment. Mm -hmm. So having that refreshed, um, we think was a good step. Okay. And they brought up the question, like, do, do you think people understand, like, land-based, like, aquaculture? Because to me, I was like, I don't think you're understanding. Because one of the things that was brought up is the risk of the GE salmon uh, with wild salmon. It's like, that's not... There's, there's no risk there. Like, how are they getting there? <laughs> you know, like. And I think that that's a good point. And I think we've become very active in talking about containment, right? So we have physical containment and we have biological containment because the eggs that are brought into our facilities for um, production are all sterile females. But I think just as importantly, rather than um, deal with the criticism, we believe that the heartland is a good place to raise salmon. The U.S. doesn't have a domestic aquaculture industry, and this is an excellent way to develop that. And there are a number of com companies, you know, you think about trout, you think about catfish. So building that domestic aquaculture capability, I think, is critical. And no, there is no risk of escape. You know, they're, it, they, 
it's very difficult for a salmon to climb out of the tank. <laughs> so I, I think it's a I think it's a false criticism. Yeah. I really do. I think because uh, you've been so fantastic, Aquabounty in general has been so fantastic about just uh, building awareness about gen- uh, genetically right. engineered salmon. Education. And, ex- yeah. and right. I think education, but it just brought, brings up the point. I'm like, so we have to educate people now about genetically engineered salmon. And we have to keep educating them about, about aquaculture because I, I think a yeah. lot of it is it's being missed, especially land-based aquaculture. Um, so there's there's always more opportunities for education. And I guess we're but we really do believe that land-based is going to be the way of the future. If you look at some of the challenges that are... Um, others in the industry are having. You know, you've got environmental challenges, you've got weather challenges, you've got um, disease, you know, and we need every single form of production, but we believe that land-based RAS is gonna play an increasingly important role. So before we go, we just wanted to mention March is Women's History Month, and as one of the few female CEOs in the seafood space, what is your advice to women in the field and entering the industry? More specifically, how can Amanda and I follow in your trailblazing footsteps? Oh, I don't know if that's what you want to do. But what I would say is, you know, follow your passion. Find out what you really believe in and follow that passion. I'm passionate about development of people. Um, You know, that's not a gender issue. But I believe everybody should have an opportunity to contribute and do what they really love to do. And I think when you find that and then you and the other aspect I would say is network. Women sometimes don't network as effectively as men. And so that's something that I always talk about is build your network. Right. And, and that's not about asking for things. It's about getting to know people. It's about being curious. It's about questioning who they are, how they got there, what they do, because it just, it just builds um, on what you may be able to contribute to somebody in the future. Right. Yeah. It goes back to having the confidence to approach people and you have something valuable to bring to the table as well as, as but you know, else, it's an so. innate human quality. People want to help, yeah. but we don't always ask. But as soon as you're asked, of course you want to do something to help somebody. Um, and so I, I would just encourage women in particular to network and then just follow their passion. Yeah, no, that's great advice. Take it. Okay, <laughs> cool. Sylvia, thank you so much for your time. Sure.